Chapter 48 of Just As I Am. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Just As I Am by Mary Elizabeth Braden. Chapter 48 in the bosom of her family number 25 was the only house which in some wise broke the monotony of milton street in the potteries it was a house of an original character inasmuch as it had no ground floor where the parlor floor and basement should have been there was an archway leading into a builder's yard the street door opened on a space just large enough to accommodate the door mat and give standing room to the person who entered beyond there rose with startling abruptness a steep flight of uncarpeted wooden stairs a pretty-looking girl with an honest face opened the door in answer to lizzie's knock she was dressed in well-worn stuff gown one of those neutral and sternly aesthetic hues which high art has provided for even the humblest wearers but in spite of high art it was a very ugly gown and assuredly the vivid puce or grassy green whereat modern taste shudders would have been more cheerful to look upon in the dull blackford atmosphere the breast of the young woman's gown was embroidered with a varied selection of pins and needles the latter with threads hanging to them and she had that worn worried look which is apt to be produced by a prolonged application to needlework lizzie felt that this must be her dressmaking sister but the words she wanted to say died upon her lips somehow and she stood looking at the girl dumbly not knowing how to begin is miss hardman at home she faltered at last yes aunt's upstairs did you want to see her i think you must be jessie said lizzie taking the girl's hand that's my name answered jessie withdrawing her hand and looking sharply at the stranger whom she began to suspect as a person of weak intellect or perhaps a lunatic what's your business please miss oh jessie can't you guess who i am your sister your own sister lizzie lor cried jessie giving her an impulsive hug lizzie my gracious me she shrieked almost hysterically and you've come to see us at last after all these years aunt said you never would you was far too proud but i said you would whenever you got the chance and you have ain't i glad won't i crow over aunt here the vivacious jessie snapped her fingers in mingled derision and delight Lo how glad i am she exclaimed again and lizzie felt that although vulgar 
the girl was delightfully affectionate come upstairs liz and have tea or something how pale and fagged you look you gave me such a scare just now i thought you had a wild way with you and that you weren't right in the upper story a loose slate you know as brother bill calls it when a brother's name is william need affection call him bill lizzie winced a little feeling that no one with such a name would be welcome at tangley manor jessie galloped upstairs making a tremendous noise in her high spirits aunt she said flinging open the door of the back room and ushering in lindsay here's a rum start do you know who this is mrs hardman was poring over a penny periodical seated on a low wooden stool at an open door which looked out on a clumsy wooden balcony whence a flight of wooden steps descend to the narrow bit of yard which the builder could spare from his business premises for the accommodation of his tenants the room was a kitchen its chief furniture a deal table a dresser of the same wood a much-worn and frayed horse-chair couch a few oddments in the way of chairs and a very respectable old eight-day clock which pretended to record the movements of the heavenly bodies and the progress of the seasons as well as the hours of the day and night and aiming at too much did nothing correctly truth to say the kitchen was in an advanced stage of litter and mrs hardman looked as if she had not brushed her hair for a long time she was a neatly built good-looking woman with sharp black eyes ruddy cheeks and a clever face but the room and the people altogether had an aspect of absolute vulgarity which filled lizzie's soul with pain yet as her sister was warm-hearted and affectionate she felt that she had reason to be thankful and glad she might have received me coldly and reproached me for having kept aloof from her so long thought lizzie mrs hardman flung aside her cereal and jumped up to do honour to the stranger i suppose it's the lady miss pincher recommended she said smiling blandly at the supposed customer no it isn't old lady ain't we clever it's somebody i'm better pleased to see than all miss pincher's customers though they was to let me buy all their linings and trimmings and was never to grumble at my charging eighteen pence for sundries it's my sister my sister liz and ain't we pretty turning the reluctant lizzie around as on a pivot and haven't we a nice figure and ain't we the lady from tip to toe oh you dear old liz i'm that pleased jessie gave her sister another hug and then began to unbutton lizzie's ulster what a stylish cut 
tailor-made i'll warrant none of your draper's slops that's just like our jess said miss hardman smiling approval at her elder niece she's all art never was such a girl for art what cried lizzie delighted do you draw or paint jessie have you really a taste for art lor no child cried mrs hardman we've no artist here nor we don't want i say your sister jess has a art in a thousand there ain't many a sister made to keep her distance as she's been made that would show so much art to-night give me art ejaculated mrs hardman there's nothing like it lizzie began to understand that she must learn a new language in her new home a language of erratic aspirates well my dear said mrs hardman i'm glad to see you now you have come better late than never but you'll have to take us in the rough if you'd have wrote or telegrammed to us we'd have things nice for you or as nice as they can be in a working man's house light the fire and get her a cup of tea aunt and don't stand jawing there said jessie without the least idea of disrespect please don't put yourself out of the way on my account said lizzie feeling herself an intruder i can do very well without tea a little milk and water and a slice of bread and butter nonsense child you shall have a cosy cup of tea and a nice light cake we'll sit down together and enjoy ourselves a bit jess and i are regular pigs for tea and hot cake you just run across to bonds and get two pennyworth of tea milk jess before they shut up for the night jessie whisked a jug off its nail and was halfway down the wooden stairs before lizzie knew what she was doing mrs hardman lighted the fire and gave lizzie the bellows to blow and then bustled about the kitchen filling the kettle making cakes and setting out the tea tray on a comfortable little round table she did everything with a wonderful alacrity which contrasted curiously with her lazy attitude when lizzie entered the room she was a woman whose life was spent in spurts of activity and long intervals of idleness her cakes were made and in the oven her kettle was singing gaily the littered appearance of the kitchen was reduced to something like tidiness while lizzie knelt before the fire languidly moving the bellows and wondering at her aunt's quickness jessie came back with the milk jug after an absence of a quarter of an hour i wonder you stayed away so long when you was so took up with your sister exclaimed mrs hardman mrs bond had got a new baby and they made me go upstairs to look at it such a mite where is my sister mary asked lizzie who had been too agitated to make the inquiry sooner doesn't she live with you now aunt why of course she does liz 
but she doesn't come home over early of a summer evening when she leaves the workshop she likes to take a walk by the canal with her young man i suppose you know she's keeping company she told me she was engaged faltered lizzie he's a proofreader at the office of the blackford chronicle a very respectable young man my what that young man knows he would make you stare though i suppose you've plenty of book learning i am very glad she has chosen such a nice person he's getting five and thirty shillings a week already said jessie and it's to be raised to two pounds very soon and then they're going to get married they'll take a house in monksgate close to the office such sweet little houses only six and sixpence a week gas laid on green venetians and everything i think our pole is a lucky girl our pole it was almost worse than bill and william is he at home asked lizzie he's gone to the theatre with father to see mr montmercy take claude melnock replied mrs hardman have you ever seen montmercy's claude Minock? i never saw a play in my life said lizzie poor thing well i never me and jess must take you we're rare ones for the theatre you can't give us enough of it oh i do love the lady of lyons sighed jess with an ecstatic air mount mercenary is heavenly as claude you'd never forget the way he walks the stage with such a grand sweep of his legs and such a graceful bend of his knees and the loveliest hessian boots with gold tassels and his amlet exclaimed mrs hardman amlet auntie not amlac corrected jessie you do pronounce names so queerly well i say em as my ear catches em jess i'm no scholard jess had been taking the hot cakes out of the oven and buttering them while she talked the tea was drawn the candles were lighted they had been sitting in the firelight hitherto the little kitchen with its litter swept out of sight had a comfortable look jess insisted upon the visitor occupying the armchair a windsor chair with a chintz covered cushion she poured out the tea and ministered to her sister lovingly lizzie had eaten a light luncheon at half-past one o'clock and had not broken her fast since so the tea and light cake seemed positively delicious and it was nice to be waited upon and made much of by an affectionate sister she wondered at herself for feeling almost at home in this humble kitchen with these kindred of hers who murdered the queen's english so cruelly and all whose ideas were different from her own and it is with people like this my life is to be spent in future she thought as she sipped her tea and let her tired head 
rest against the back of the chair i have done with refined society with the grace and beauty of life i must be a worker among other workers all of them too busy to cultivate refinement of manners well perhaps it is better to sit in a kitchen where one is loved and thought much of than to inhabit a fine house upon sufferance and have one's self-respect wounded twenty times a day and how long have they given you leave to stay with us liz asked mrs hardman when she had finished her first cup of tea and made herself needlessly greasy with a cake i have left tangley for good aunt i want you and my uncle to put me in the way of earning my living answered lizzie quietly what cried mrs hardman you've been and gone and run away from the lady as adopted you and promised your poor father to provide for you ansom after death you can't have been such a soft as that child i can't believe it of you money isn't everything in the world aunt it's nine-tenths of everything answered mrs hardman and you could leave a beautiful home and kind friends all for some tantrums i suppose lizzie tried to explain her position without touching on the actual charge that had been brought against her she told her aunt how she had been wounded by the unkindness of morton's sisters how they had accused her of being mean and underhanded in the pursuit of her own interest all tantrums nothing but tantrums exclaimed mrs hardman contemptuously of course they was jealous of you that was what you had to look for but what did that matter to you so long as the old lady was fond of you and stood by you you should have given them as good as they brought it's no use talking about it aunt i bore their unkindness as long as i could but to-day it became just a little too bad she burst into tears and let her head fall on her sister's shoulder that affectionate young person having knelt by her side to caress and comfort her a few minutes before there aunt don't you say another word to her said jessie don't you see she's right down upset if you go on at her so she'll think she's not welcome here and be sorry she ever came to such nasty relations she's as welcome as the flowers in may and she ought to know that replied mrs hardman with dignity as if her personal character were a sufficient guarantee but when i see her flying in the face of her own good fortune i must up and tell her so if i may stay here for a day or two i shall be very grateful said lizzie meekly a day or two you may stay for a year liz there's no one will grudge you your bite and sup thank you dear aunt but i will only take advantage of your kindness just for a few days 
while i look about me and make up my mind how to begin life for myself i have had no quarrel with miss blake i love her dearly and shall so love her to my dying day but i can never go back to tangley manor it strikes me there's a lover at the bottom of this said mrs hardman looking earnestly at her niece yes of course there is see how she blushes you're too bad aunt said jessie indignantly teasing her like this when she's tired and low never mind liz a good night's rest will set you up again and tomorrow you and me will have a nice walk round blackford and you shall see all the shops won't they be a treat to you after your pokey country lanes end of chapter forty eight recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c